Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Roche is here. Hey, finally back in the starting 11. Back in the starting 11. Mohanad is here. Hello. And Bernie is here. What up, what up? Roche, welcome back. It's been, it's been a long injury. It has, but uh, I was raring to go. Perfect. Mohanad, um, you have an introductory topic for us today, I believe. Yes, I was just going to do a quick, uh, you know, by, by, by show of hands here on this podcast, whose team is in the Champions League? <laughs> Nobody's. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's where I want to start. I want to start with Manchester United's amazing midweek uh, loss to... In what, in what competition? In the Champions League. The competition that they qualified for? Bro, no longer in. But they, you, well, they were in the competition, right? Let's I just want to make pretty. sure they were let's in the club, right? They were in the club and you were outside the club. I just want to make about, sure. You are about to get kicked out of the first knockout round of the Europa League versus Real Sociedad. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I'm okay with that because you're going out to Benfica. And at least I was in the, in the Champions League and I'll hold that against you for as long as you're not in it, which will probably be until the next I am extremely jealous of the two games you got to play against that Turkish team. You really are because you you lost five one and five one to Bayern Munich and Barcelona. So I think you're very jealous of that, man. But honestly, there are some big games in the Europa League, man. Like some big teams have dropped in, and some big teams have started the competition who are just playing very well this season. Like you think of Sociedad, Benfica, United. Now, um, I mean, Arsenal in the competition are playing well. There are some, you know, more than the ordinary recently. I think Europa League has just had more and more. Um, teams in it that you kind of don't mind watching games for as opposed to I remember in the past it just used to be absolute father now it's kind of some big teams are not faring very well and or, or smaller teams like dark horses are rising up and they're in the competition so it's it's been a bit more interesting than let's say whatever five years ago I think there is an argument that the Europa League draw is more interesting than the Champions League draw there's an argument like Sevilla against Dortmund whatever Barcelona are awful, PSG are awful, Porto, whatever, Juventus, nah. Leipzig against Liverpool would be fun, I guess. Atleti against Chelsea is great because Chelsea will lose. Um, Bayern will smash Lazio, City against Gladbach is kind of fun. I don't, like, it's just not particularly inspiring this year. I think Champions League in general has just been a bit uninspiring recently. Just the level of football in general just has not been the same as in the past, regardless of who the teams are. Like, it's just not, it's not the same. Even Real Madrid now, like they're not as watchable without Ronaldo. You know what I mean? Juve are not watchable with or without him. Like there's just, it's not the same. It'll be better now that United are out there. Oh yeah, for sure. The average just went up. Yeah. yeah. But, but but seriously, do you think Manchester United will get past Chelsea then? Yes, I, I do think so. Um, I know that's what are dominating in La Liga, but I feel like this United team in some ways was a little bit unlucky to go out in the Champions League. I mean, all bias aside, you know, watching those games, uh, especially the last two, they were top of the group. They had lost the PSG at home 3-1, Neymar, Masterclass or whatever. But for long periods in that game, when it was 1-1, United hit the crossbar, Martial missed a couple of chances. They had all the time, all the chances in the world to go up 2-1. Would have been a different story maybe, who knows? I mean, they ended up losing 3-1. Um, and against Leipzig, going down... 2-0, I was already cheering for Leipzig at that point because I was so fed up. But 
Bruno Fernandes hit the crossbar off a free kick late in the second half. And then right off the counterattack from that free kick, Leipzig scored their third goal. Everyone was kind of asleep at the back. So, I mean, they went down 3-0. And then all of a sudden, it was 3-2 with a couple of minutes left in the game. So oh, that, that, that final chance. Oh, my God. That, that own goal that almost went in. Like, my heart. Yeah. Like, Canate, oh, was it? man. Yeah. So the margins were really small. It's not like, you know, United went into the Champions League and they got panhandled and they finished third in the group by luck. They... They ended up finishing third in the group by the faintest of margins. And I feel like they'll bring this now, this anger um, and desire to be at a higher level into the Europe. No, I, I agree. I agree with everything you said there. I think it's just a shame at the position you guys were in. I think like six points top of the top of that group. I think at one point, really good first leg against, well, call it first leg against PSG. Like it was a really strong position. And, you know, obviously everyone had the right to show off and say, look, we're killing it. We're dominating in the, in the Champions League. And, it was true up to a certain point. It's just a shame how kind of that really flipped in the last two to three game weeks, right? It was the yeah. the um, Istanbul game, and you know that's a blip when you beat them for nothing at home. It it was just a bad day, and that's what caused it. So in that sense, if you're looking at it in like actual logical terms, I think it's going to be a good two-legged tie with Sociedad. United at their best should win that game. We've seen what they can do against yeah. better opposition, but we'll see. It, this is not a team that you can actually predict what's going to happen. Like, actually, it's the most unpredictable team in Europe. So, saying it, they're going to win or lose is, is, is a waste of time. It's always an uphill battle when you let them run the whole field and score a goal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Especially when you know it's his favorite thing to do. I, yeah, I, think, exactly. that, I think that it's a more straightforward and, uh, uh, thing to say that Arsenal are going to lose and go out. Uh, to Benfica, I think that's actually a lock. I mean, Arsenal are the best that you could make. <laughs> Arsenal are the best team by far in the Europa League this season. I mean, you like stats? Go check them out. I mean, I'm very, I'm very happy for you against Dundalk. Sorry, Rashid, like go ahead. Dundalk gave me the opportunity to do a deep dive on Wikipedia about their city and their three thousand, four thousand year history, and I found that to be very exciting. But realistically, I believe that Arsenal will beat Benfica because. It will provide them the freshness of not playing a league game, which I think they're a little bit burnt out for from, uh, as opposed to their current run of form. They are doing well in the Europa League, but it's a two-legged tie, and I feel like if Arteta sets himself up for two legs against this Benfica side, I think Arsenal on their day can win. So, I mean, I'm not even trying to take piss um, over here. I just feel like Arsenal are going to make a run in this Europa League, and I feel like Bernie and I better be tight-lipped because if Arsenal go through and United go through, Arsenal and United might end up playing each other in later rounds. That would be and fun. I feel, like, I feel like Arsenal might actually kick United out of this competition. So we um, better be... I, I don't mind going out in this competition. I'm ready to just, like, stumble our way into a good league position as we currently are. I'm okay with that. And we know this Arsenal team is a cup team. I mean, they won the FA Cup. They're going to win the FA Cup again this season. So, you know, Thursday football is guaranteed in some way. I mean, if anything, Arsenal just reverting to type. Like, they were a cup team for a long time, you know, under George Graham. Yes, they won a league, but they were very much a cup team, mostly because they were too drunk to sustain an actual league <laughs> league tilt. Um, but, you know, could just be going back to our roots. Is that is that where we want to start in the Premier League, then? Well, uh, our 1-0 our, our loss to Burnley? Sure. You want? Sure. What happened? Nothing. Arteta picked... <laughs> Arteta picked the exact same eleven that sucked the week before, expecting you know that you know that fake quote from Einstein about the um, you know definition of insanity. Arteta's kind of following it by the by the letter right now. 
Um, and Shaka thinks he's hard man and got sent off. And then Aubameyang scored their own goal. More, you know, more goals for the opposition for Aubameyang at the Emirates than for Arsenal this season. So, you know, everything's dandy. Mohamed, <laughs> um, uh, if you are thinking of killing yourself, there are people you need, you can call. Just yeah, it sound, that sounded pretty bad. Doing, you know, I, I think Roche would like to just point out that he has provided his number to Mohamed as a suicide hotline alternative. Yeah, no, no, I, I, they're professionals, so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just ring up Mesut Ozil. So wallow yeah. in our sorrows together. How do you cope with it? No, uh, <laughs> what, what I will say is that Arsenal looked better than they have in a long time before the sending off. They actually like played some football, created some chances. Lacazette is a moron and missed an unbelievable chance. A few other chances were missed. Like they were actually playing a decent game of football. Um, and then Granit Xhaka decided to be the Balkan Vinnie Jones and got himself sent off. And you know, we've spoken about Xhaka far too many times. I've wasted far too many minutes of my life talking about Granit Xhaka. Um, but the man is a complete moron. And he he just does not deserve to play for this club or frankly any elite club. He's just a complete idiot. I, you know, like you when he choke, tried to choke the man and throw him like you know put his hand on him, choked him down. Like he thought he was the Undertaker or something. I was like, I don't understand this guy. And it just felt like it was a nothing moment anyway. Like. I didn't understand why he had to react like that. And then VAR tried to send off. <laughs> yes, it, it was his foul, Bernie. Like, it was Xhaka's foul in the first place. And yeah, Alneni should have gone. Alneni did the same he, thing he, almost. He, he stiff-armed the man in the, in the, in the, in the throat. <laughs> so he really should have. Actually, and, and so that brings up a question. I thought VAR was there to look at red card defenses, but the ref looked at it and then gave him a yellow. I thought you couldn't do that. We know this changes every week. No one knows what the hell's going on. Yeah. But also, I'd like to point out a great stat. William has played 800 minutes for Arsenal with one shot on target. I don't like being right. I just don't. Like, it's, it's not my thing. But, to but you do, though. To want to be right. But like, you do, though. But mm. I am right. And I will. <laughs> Every Brazilian you signed recently, I, I'm just telling you, like, leave that country alone. Gabriel, hey, man. Gabriel has been great. Okay. But he, actually, it's the age. It's the 30-year-old Brazilians you should leave alone. <laughs> yes. Yes, we all know they, they have they have retired by 28, 29. Oh, man. R- Roche, do you have any stats? Because I've got a few that we, we should go over. But, um... Yeah, for Arsenal, um, I think they've, they've lost seven games out of 12 this season, which mm-hmm. is actually surprising, considering that they started the season two wins out of two. And, um, you know, I really want to know if who's, whose bus exactly lost the wheels, because I don't know if it was Ole's bus or for Arteta's bus over here. But Arsenal have also underperformed themselves at this stage in the season for the last seven seasons. So huh? this is the worst. This like is this the worst, is the worst start done in the decade, roughly. Oh yeah, of course. No, no, no. This I, is the worst start since, since the sure. 1970s, bro. Yeah, it's a stat. 19 like 70 something. This is our worst start by a mile. We are in a relegation battle with Brighton, Burnley, and Fulham. Let's see. You have 13 points. Brighton have 10. Burnley have 9. Fulham have 8. Yeah. So this is not a, this is not a, a made-up statement. And by any measure you look at this, whether it's XG, the number of shots you're actually producing, whether it's your goals, your losses, 7 in the last 10, like, this is unbelievable. And I'm, 
I, I, I jokes aside, banter aside, agendas uh, like aside, I think we know this. It's it's rock bottom. I don't understand why this is allowed. Like it should not be allowed right from the players. Should not be allowed from the manager. No one should get away with this. This is disgusting. Like actually disgusting. What appears to be happening, and obviously we don't know particularly, but there appears to be some sort of rebellion. And like behind the scenes. By all accounts, Arteta is, is supposed to have uh, conducted some sort of cultural revolution, whereby the standards were low before, everything was slack, he's tightened it up, he's been far more disciplinarian about everything, which is why Guendouzi makes one mistake and is out of the squad, and you know other players haven't got their chance. And I think it's possible that he's either taken it too far or the players have you know, we're fine with it while they were winning, but now that they're not, they're rebelling. Because now we're getting, like, little mini-rebellions on Instagram and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, like, you guys saw the, the stuff today with Pepe and Saliba and Guendouzi. Um, mm-hmm. But essentially, um, Saliba and Guendouzi were just, like, exchanging messages on Instagram um, in solidarity, them both being bombed out of the squad. And it's just, it's just weird. It's really weird. But how is that thing, even? Things, sorry, Alex, things that, seem that very loud. Like, I mean, what? when I say that, obviously, they Instagram. Can say I agree. They, well, yes, but what I mean is that's the type of thing that, as a manager, you see your players openly talking about defending each other for being frozen out in the cold. Those players can never play again. That should not. Be, they should not actually be allowed to play football for your club again. And well, I know that, if Pepe doesn't play again, no one cares. But still, this should so, not be so, allowed. Well, so, I mean, the two players that we're talking about is Saliba and Guendouzi aren't playing. Mm-hmm. And Pepe was, Pepe was the one that was actually, he pointed out that Saliba shouldn't be doing, shouldn't be commenting. Oh, is that so, what he said? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, I'm paraphrasing. But So, like, it's a total mess. It's like Bernie, an absolute mess. Uh, in light of that comment, how do you feel about agent comments? We'll get there. We'll get oh, there. Okay. I have rants, many rants if you want. About okay. That. Well, let's move on from Arsenal because I'm tired of talking about them. People are tired of listening about them everybody's tired Wait, of them including Rache, the any last words about arsenal because i've mean, been would, doing this for weeks so i just want to give you your time i mean I, I wouldn't say that you know you can't extrapolate the season you know over we've played 12 so that means we should just multiply everything by three and arsenal are going to have a 20 plus last season i really don't <laughs> think that's going to happen i think that it'll just take you know if, if anything, <laughs> the bottom three is going to win a few games arsenal is going to put together like a three or four game win streak at some point this season they have beaten united so, and they've also knocked Liverpool out of a cup. So let's be realistic over here. Arsenal will not be relegated and they will qualify for Thursday football next, next season. What? We are not making Europa League. By winning the FA Cup. Oh, sure. <laughs> that was uh, remarkably balanced from Roche and I'm actually offended by that. Disappointingly diplomatic. <laughs> I mean, this, this is not what the podcast has been like the last couple of weeks. I'm just saying. If, if you guys really wanted to know the real banter behind the scenes, you should have seen Bernie and I on the thread uh, yesterday. I mean, you know, Mohanad has just obviously launched a shop, and uh, Mohanad, this is a good moment to you know advertise your business and everything. But I did make a comment about how um, you should add the discount code Invincibles for a 10% off at your store, <laughs> and I also did make a comment of how. I wondered if Arsenal fans were able to buy a victory from your <laughs> It's gonna cost. It's gonna cost a lot of money because that is a, a resource that is currently lacking. And there are no trees being planted. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely none. Absolutely none. All right. All right. Well, 
from a team that can't buy a win to uh, well, I don't, I don't even know what what Manchester United are. The Manchester derby was easily the worst Manchester derby I've ever seen, and there are very few times where I actively regret having watched a game of football. But Jesus Christ, like I want my time back. Yeah, I I, I mean this is not the first terrible Manchester derby. I think a lot of Manchester derbies are below par. And I think anyone who says this is the greatest game in the world should be jailed and tortured forever. Um, this was a terrible game. Manchester United cannot buy a home win. And the only reason that they're five points off the top or whatever you like is because of their waveform, which is just a matter of time before they fuck that up as well. I, I, don't, I don't disagree. I think that if you actually look at the Arsenal game, which was going to be a draw until Pogba messed it up, um, the Chelsea game, which was a, a boring draw as well. And this game, you probably should have seen how this was going to go. United are going to try and be solid at the back. And Pep in particular was totally afraid of the counterattack and put two defensive midfielders against Manchester United. Fernandinho came back literally just to hack Bruno. And that was the tactic. Rodri actually was a bit more advanced and I thought had a decent game. But Pep was scared shitless and decided that, nope, we're not going to attack you like that. And just both of them just said, no, we're, we're just chilling here. So it made for a rubbish game. But Frank Lampard did the exact same thing, being scared of being picked off. Pep did the same thing, scared of being picked off. And if this is how these big games are going to go at Old Trafford, then I don't know. I mean, there was already a waste of time because United are, are trash at home. But this is this adds more feel to that. Well, yeah, but but you're you're playing at home. You You should not be expect people to let you counter-attack them. You should take the, te- the game and dominate it. But, like, obviously, if people know that the only thing you can do is counter-attack, then they're not going to let you do it. And that's something that we talked about with how Arteta got it wrong versus Spurs last week. And Pep would have gotten it wrong again by walking straight into, into the counter-attacking trap by United. So it made sense that teams are trying to protect against that because United, let's be honest, are really good on the counter. They just are. You know, you've got your Rashford, your Martial's, even Greenwood, Bruno. They're really good on the counter. Um, so if you stop that, you pretty much stop a huge percentage of the um, kind of the ability that United has to score a goal. So that kind of made sense a little bit. Um, on the other hand, though, with City, I think the Sterling stat is insane. Like what he has 17 games versus United and 30 shots on target without a goal or something crazy like that. Like you think eventually he'd have to score <laughs> a goal, but like it's like, come on, that that's embarrassing. That, that just seems like one of those things that is just coincidence like there's no there's absolutely no rhyme or reason for that although I think the one Bissaka is a very difficult opponent for Sterling because he's his legs make him twice the size but you know one Bissaka has only been there for a couple of years but Sterling's talk talk but talk, talk about talk about clutch performances like he's been at Liverpool and City and United is the biggest rival for both these clubs so these are the games to step up and I mean they are and they are. aren't though like they, in traditional sense, sure, but in terms of the most important games that Liverpool and City have played, it's not. No, Manchester but it's, it's the ones that the fans really care about, and that's kind of the ones you hope your big players but, also step up on. But even to Mane's point, in the biggest games that people actually care about, like Champions League quarterfinals or semifinals or cup finals or whatever, Sterling doesn't show up. So <laughs> he he just doesn't. Like he accumulates a lot of goals against little teams in a system as a system player that he is. But you ask him to be the difference maker, and, it's never, and ever, maybe, ever going to happen. Maybe never. the stats bear what me and Bernie say as completely incorrect. But just out of memory, I can't think of like huge sterling moments on the top of my mind. I just can't. Can anyone? Like, well, yes. I, 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 
Sterling moments where he's absolutely fluffed his lines. So, and I think we've actually talked about this before about Sterling is he's the type of player who, you know, City are winning seven, eight, nine nil. Sterling will get a hat trick, you know, a couple of tap-ins because they're stretching the opposition. But Sterling is never going to be that player who gets City a smash and grab one nil and he earned them the three points that day. He's never well, been that, that to. I mean, that was just not true. Like in the first in this first season that Pep won the title, there was a run of games towards the end of the season where he was absolutely clutch and he did score a bunch of one nil victory oh, late goals. Yeah, yeah. Like so yeah, it, again, it's not it's not that he can't right. do it. It's not whatever. Not, if the, the, the club needs the club needs the goal to win the game to win the Premier League, like that's that's a clutch moment regardless of who it's against. And I don't remember who they were against, but you know exactly what we're talking about are the moments that actually matter, the ones that make a name. That's what we're talking about. Giroud even has those football like, heritage. That's all. That's all. Exactly. It's all we want. Mm-hmm. I don't care about your logic. All we want is for him to score a golazo outside the box against Real Madrid Champions League semifinal and keep it moving. That's all we're asking for. It's not too much to ask for. <laughs> Yeah, doing it against a Burnley, I guess, you know, week in, week out is fine. Yeah, which Arsenal that. can't do, so, you know. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said Manchester United displayed the best performance we've had. I'd like to comment on that. In a derby during his tenure. I, I'd like to just go in and say that as much as it was a boring nil-nil draw at the end of the day, I thought this was one of the more tactical but pure football performances from both teams that we'd seen. And both teams were very hard to break down from a tactical perspective. I actually enjoyed watching some of the link-up play in this game. I think there were a couple of moments from both teams where I was thinking, okay, well, I think just one more touch and then he's through. And then there were a couple of block shots that City had that City could have scored from. Um, so, I mean, from a tactical perspective, yeah, I think that uh, there was a ball to watch, but obviously nil-nil is I, I think I think this game was also very clear to kind of, it's summarized on how frustrated Kevin De Bruyne was. You would think he was playing under Mourinho and how frustrated he was in the midfield. Like he was... The City players were just not giving him the ball in kind of high-risk positions. They were not playing it forward. They were playing it extra safe. And like you said, probably Pep's um, instructions to not kind of concede counterattacks. But he was so frustrated. Like you could tell, like, the, you know, the, the usual little pockets that he picks out and asks for the ball, they were just not coming to him. He was visibly kind of flailing his arms saying, like, what the hell, guys? Like, give me the ball. And they just wouldn't do it in high-risk <clears throat> situations, which was interesting to see. I thought from Solskjaer, it was a bit of a nonsense comment, personally. Like, I know why he said it, because after the Leipzig game, trying to give your players confidence, and the defense actually did have a very good game. Maguire and Luke Shaw in particular, to me, had very good games. So you big them up, say it was a great performance, whatever. But the last time they were in front of the fans, the 2-0 win was an actual tactical masterclass against Man City and was a better performance. But I get what he's trying to do. So whatever, we'll, we'll let it slide. Fair enough. Uh, City on the defensive end, six consecutive clean sheets, which is kind of under the radar and quite impressive, and including John Stones. So, yeah. Um, and and to Bernie's point about bringing in Fernandinho just to hack Bruno, I have been wondering for quite a while why every team doesn't just hack Bruno. Like, kick him out of the game and you will probably get a draw. Basically. <laughs> Teams do that for that. I mean, I thought, I thought, I thought Bruno actually does get kicked a lot. I think Rashford gets kicked a lot, and every time he gets kicked, he looks injured for the season. Um, and every time Martial gets the ball, I think he gets dispossessed all the time. But hey, I mean, that's just my opinion. I, I do, I do want to just add that without looking utterly convincing, Rashford has ten goals in like fifteen games this season. So mm-hmm. he's having he's having a quietly good season. It's something like seven assists as well. 
Um, are, are any of those goals like last minute winners against Real Madrid? Because if not, last minute winners against PSG actually. Mm. Yeah, oh, that group was stage, that, yeah. group stage, yeah. which All Sterling hasn't even done. So yeah, yeah. in a competition that you're not in, but Sterling is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Not for laugh. Um, the best game of the weekend and let me know if you disagree I think it was Leeds West Ham I think it was an absolutely rollicking game and and especially first half especially and I tell you what we've not spoken about him this season I don't think but Leeds's keeper Melier who is like 19 18 19 like he's a child he's unbelievable he's so good but he has that young errors thing in him like the first oh, goal sure. i think the first goal he conceded was like he just flapped at it completely um but yes he's obviously it's one of those cliches of young players will cost you points but in the mm-hmm. long term might be worth it he's exactly the definition of that he has phenomenal saves phenomenal games and then you'll see that one moment where you're like ah he's 19 <laughs> you know 100 um, but yeah he looks he looks interesting let's say i, I, I every time i watch him i kind of flip-flop in my opinion on him but i realize that's mainly because he's young mm. but yes you're right to point out that he, he he looks a talent for sure yeah and and this is exactly the kind of team that you want a keeper like that to play for because like they're good enough that they probably won't go down and so his errors won't be like brutally punished so he has room to to make them and, and still be good for most of the time so anyway um but we have to say uh david moyes like he he's is he back in the frame for the big jobs because he's smashing this. This is the biggest job. Like this is the this is the this is where he needs to be. Like this is not a Mohamed take the contract thing. He did that already. Okay, and then he went all the way back down. So now just stay at West Ham, do this job, be happy. You're gonna revert back to form of tenth and eleventh eventually. But cool, everyone's okay with it. West Ham are cool with it now. They don't think they're this continental football club anymore. <laughs> It's over. Just deal. But they have been good. Um, didn't expect them to be where they are. And a total contrast to some of the other teams that I expect to be above them, like Leeds. Like, he's out. He's out coached Bielsa. Like, did not see that coming. And I know it's my new agenda, but it has to stand. It just is uh, what it is. Yeah, but he's also out coached Ancelotti, Solskjaer, Guardiola. Uh, who, like, who, the, who did, the list who did is he long. lose to? Which one of those people did he lose to? I, I don't care. West Ham is lost to Solskjaer. United That's all eight. I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> the table doesn't lie, but That's not my problem. With a game in hand, like, what are you talking about? Leeds United are... Alex, you're f- not even on the page I'm looking at. Shut the hell up. Anyway, so... I don't support Leeds. Yeah, anyway. you, you are not on the table, Arsenal. But oh. Leeds are just above you in 14th. And come on... Like what? Like why don't we ever just say this is not good enough for what your expectations were? Like I don't understand. It's not. It wasn't. Leeds. Yeah, where they are right now is not where you guys expected them to be. Not. I, not maybe I maybe like thought they could be twelfth. Like this is absolutely fine. They're a newly no, promoted team. We all said that they were gonna beat up on some some big teams, which has not happened once. Not so once. What? I'm just saying. This like, is the weirdest. This is the weirdest no, agenda. It's, it's my agenda because it's the really FIFA fun. awards, and they are fun, but they lose. So I don't want to hear this genius can stuff I, anymore. Can I? Just no one's say, saying it, guys. I will. I will. I will be the judge here, Bernie. I get what you're saying, but I know it's also coming from a place of unrealistic, overhyped expectations that you think we all share. Like no one said, like no one thinks Leeds is going to win the league. All it is is like <laughs> they're going to come up and they're not going to struggle basically to stay up. 
that's it. They're going to be do great and they're going to be worth watching and they're going to be fun. Like they're not going to go and get into the Europa League or the Champions League. They're just not. But would you tune into Leeds? Yes, every time they play. Let, let me just let me just explain this for clarity, okay? I have a problem with people who hype these managers that they believe are these tiki-taka saviors all the time and say that they're going to do all these wonderful things when they don't. Wolves came up and everyone thought they were going to challenge for Europa League positions when they did that. Sheffield United, the same thing. They don't get any of the same type of love and affection from people. It's just annoying. It's like, well, you just have the same energy. That's all I'm asking for. That's okay, it. but but here's the thing. And I think I've, I've understood now where this is coming from. But before I before I get to that, the, so, the source of all these, these issues, um, Wolves came up and nobody was romantic about them because they're completely bankrolled. And like George Mendes was just like picking up Portuguese international players for them while they were in the championship. Oh and then Sheffield United, like, I mean, that was just a nice little story. And no one's particularly surprised that they've reverted to type now. Although, honestly, I say this every week, but them having one point is very funny. But let me get to the source of where all this is coming from, which I've just realized, which is that Bernie is still angry that Athletic Bilbao beat Manchester United under Bielsa a few years ago and knocked them out of the Europe. I didn't actually know that was him. My my beef is in Barcelona and Pep in, in Wembley in 2011. That's really my beef because That's everyone it. thinks that anyone that learns how to do these hand movements like a traffic cop, Arteta, is Please. actually a good manager. It's, it's just yeah. annoying. Was like, Herrera no. from Bilbao? Yeah, he was. Oh, he played in that tell, game. Tell me, tell me it happened when, uh, when Bielsa was there, the whole like two-lawyer thing. Maybe that can add some fire to that. <laughs> I don't think so. But he played in that game that Alex is referring to. Oh, man. Anyways, um, Everton beat Chelsea 1-0, so Carlo Ancelotti is back in business. Um, uh, they are Chelsea's bogey team. I didn't, I hadn't realized this, but apparently Chelsea never beat Everton away. Ever, ever? Ever, ever. Well, I don't know if it's ever, ever, but like generally. Wow. Ever Everton. Um, the thing is, though, Lampard has not beaten a team above 13th all season. What? Why are you surprised? Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> above that's a 13th? Yeah. At the time of playing. Interesting. Have they just had a particularly easy run of yes. games? They must have, yeah. Okay. Yes. They have Wolves next, I know. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> in this current state. Yeah, wolves are wolves are weird, man. They're not even like at least they used to be entertaining. They're not even entertaining. Like I watch I, I tune into Wolves games always thinking it's gonna be a fun game. And it just it hasn't been this season. Anyways, we're not talking about them, but yeah. Um I thought I thought this everything like Chelsea in the second half came out and just really tried to get the game back and they just couldn't. Um the goal, how was the goal? Was it a penalty? It was penalty. it was Ed, Ed Mendy slipping further down. The Mendy rankings with an absolutely unbelievable error of judgment. Like, what was he recurring, doing? Recurring, recurring error coming off his line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the <laughs> thing you said, Mo, that we found his weakness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's there. I mean, again, keepers need to stay out of situations that are not their business. This was none of his business. Thiago Silva was there. He was going to be absolutely fine. Calvert Lewin was not going to score from there because he wasn't even going to shoot from there, let alone try and score. But now, all of a sudden, you're giving away a penalty. And here we go. And I mean, look, when you are goalkeeping and you're up against Jordan Pickford in the other goal, all you have to do is like nothing. And you're the better keeper. <laughs> and he's managed to screw that up, which is very disappointing. Wait, can we go back to Chelsea? Didn't Kepa play in Champions League and concede a goal again, like his first shot or something in that yeah, game? Yeah, some, something like that. First yeah. shot on target. 
Oh my god! <laughs> but that's just because I like I like doing the the Kepa watch whenever it's available. So, hundred um, oh, percent. But yeah, Chelsea weren't actually good in this game. Like they almost got bailed out by I think Mason Mount hitting the post with a free kick at the end. But they were rubbish. And Mohamed, um, I'm gonna allow you to take it away with the Havertz watch. No, oh, the Havertz watch. I'm loving it. I'm loving it because. My boy Ozil somehow is involved in this. I don't know. <laughs> you are the um, one who made him involved in it. I don't know why you'd be loving that. The comparison is that neither of them really work in the Premier League. Well, no. The comparison is that Ozil killed it for a couple of seasons in the Premier League and he has like the second highest assist and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, point is, Havertz, again, we talked about this, his physicality or lack of it showing. It, he plays in slow-mo. He thinks he has way more time on the ball. Um, and it's just not happening for Chelsea, and they're keeping him on the field because you know I think they're pretty much tired of subbing him out. It's just not a good look. But it's he's not a good player for them right now, and he needs to I don't know what he needs to do. But it just seems a bit too slow for the pace of the Premier League right now. I mean, Ziyech came in, he adapted because he's you know he's silky, he's fast. Werner, same thing. He makes up for all his errors and lack of ability with his speed and his penetration. But Havertz just hasn't found that kind of space to work in, in that crazy, you know, pre- high press midfield that he, that he you know, that he uh, comes up against in the Premier League. And I wait, man, it's been a while now. Like, I know it's on the early days, but with someone with that quality for 100 million, like, uh, Alex l- more. Alex likes Havertz. Mm, no, not particularly. I, I don't really feel any, any way about him, um, other than that the money was insane for a player that Chelsea didn't really need. And, I mean, in the interest of balance, I will say that, that Havertz got COVID recently and just came back from it. And he said that it hit him really hard. He was in bed for, like, I think he said, like, 10 days, basically unable to get out of bed. Um, so, you know, coming back from that is, is difficult, and all the players that recover from it are going to feel it differently right so we don't really know the effect it's having on but what is fair to say is that Lampard doesn't know his best position and they can't get consistent consistently good performances out of him Lampard does know his best position both of their best positions they both should be on the bench (laughs) when everyone's fit yeah I think with Havertz it's like a a little bit to Mohane's uh comparison though Mohane has been the only person in the world forcing this comparison but a bit to that you're asking someone who was essentially a number 10 free role player to play some structured game in some capacity. It's always going to take time, number one. And number two, especially when it's like a weird position that you don't normally see him playing. Like just to have a guy for 72 million, you know, maybe you paid that in installments and then just to put him in a team where he has to play a structure doesn't really make sense. He's also like playing very deep. He's, he's playing very deep. Havertz plays so deep. <laughs> He's like playing the number eight role for Chelsea, which doesn't make any sense. Alex's face made that for me. (laughs) I'm not sure. Like, I'm not going to say I I know his best position either. Like, he'll have more space as an eight than he will as a ten, and hopefully that that's good. But I don't know. Uh, Manu, what's going on? Oh no, I'm just saying I didn't hear you guys very well, so I don't know. There seems to be some banter that that went off there. Yeah, it was about Nicola Pepe. Oh, you think I care? I'll join in, bro. <laughs> I think, is it true that, is it, was it this game or, I, I can't remember, but I saw some Chelsea fans tweeting about how they ended the game with like, Giroud, Hammy, and like, it was just a really horrendous front three. I can't remember, but it seemed to be very like static. They were. Unhappy. I think they did just chuck everyone on at the um, end, yeah. Right. Right, right. 
But yeah, I mean, Everton at the end of the day, Calvert-Lewin being annoying and getting getting that penalty, and that's what he's been doing all season. He's been fantastic. One. It's true. Uh, all right. Um, another team that is, well, they went above Chelsea this weekend because of these results. Southampton smashed Sheffield United. I mean, everyone smashes Sheffield United. But Southampton did it very convincingly. Um, Jay Adams with another goal. Redmond with another goal, and that's how you know you're you're really bad, or at least having a really bad day, is when Nathan Redmond starts scoring goals against you. But Southampton looked really impressive, and I'm wondering whether you guys think Hasenhuttle is in line for a bigger job if this kind of form continues. Wait, I mean, anyone who does well is always linked with somewhere else, so I wouldn't be surprised if the rumors did come out. But I mean, Southampton are in fourth place. So we sh- it's just a matter of time. If they keep this up, it's a matter of time before the rumors come out. But I don't think it's going to be kept up. I I, well, I agree with Rache. They're, they're not going to stay there. However, I don't know. Like money is maybe Southampton pay better. But it seems to me that um, if Dortmund are looking for a manager who has experience in, I think he was in Bundesliga at some point, right? Like experience with the Bundesliga, and his tactical acumen, that's not a bad shout. And it's a step up as well. I, I think going abroad would be a better fit than staying in the Premier League and getting some run-of-the-mill team, you know, that you, you can't take further. I'm just thinking right now that this, com- this whole conversation and that question Alex posed about him is answered very well with that meme that he does on his first game ever in the Premier League where he scores against Arsenal and realizes it's the early days and, like, turns around and, like, curbs his enthusiasm. <laughs> I think this is one for this question, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold off here for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but but yeah, he's he seems uh, he, he, the first season he kind of just got him going and did just enough to kind of get them you know where they needed to be to stay in the league and all that good stuff. And then now he seems to be you know stamping a little bit of his identity on the team. So it's you know if he can keep it up and if they can finish whatever Europa League even that's a phenomenal um, achievement with Southampton. Yeah, I mean, that, that squad is not that talented. Like, it, it's fairly balanced. There are some good players there, but it's not that good a team. And, like, he's getting... He's got three goals already out of Yannick Vestergaard this season. And I know the man is an absolute tree, but, like, that's triple his hey, goal they, tally they, 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 they won games. They won games with Ings was out. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Predictions and, and for with, Southampton League finish. Eighth? Mm. Mm. I'm going 12th. Wow. Well, but how wow. many people are going to go above? I mean, look, if you think United City are going to go above them, that drops them down to six. And then Chelsea will go above them, that drops them down to seven. So, yeah, they're fighting with Everton for seven, uh, eight, yeah, nine. Yeah. Finish above them for sure. I don't think that is for sure. Uh, they're about the same. Uh, yeah, I'd say seven, eight, maybe. Uh, I'd say eight, nine. Yeah, maybe like it's between them and Villa kind of right now to, for that. Because to Mona's point, if you look at first to where City, ninth, it's six-point gap. That can swing very very easily. And then you expect the teams that, you know, climb up a little bit, the bigger teams to climb up to sustain that. I don't expect Southampton and West Ham to sustain what they're doing. Well, so, here's a question for you. What about Villa? If Villa win their two games in hand, they are a point off the top of the table. Isn't that insane? Uh, they have 10 games? Yeah, isn't that insane? They would be on 24 points. I'm really shocked by Aston Villa this season. I mean, I mean, 
I mean, it's unexplainable. They were battling for relegation, just like Leicester were actually mm -hmm. very similar. But maybe uh, Jack Grealish has done something new. This uh, he's he's really a very impressive player. And I take back my comments about, you know, I I never said anything bad about his ability. I was only fed up with his transfer news, constantly linked away from Villa. But he stayed there, and he's looked so good this season for Aston Villa. Yeah, and they made some good signings. Like Martinez and Goal has been phenomenal for them. Mm -hmm. um, and even the back line have just been playing very well. Like, um, what's his name? Mings has Tyrell been Consa. Consa has been Consa's insane. Ma Matty Target has been phenomenal. McGinn. Like, they're just, you know, Ollie Watkins, fantastic signing for them, yeah. too. Mm -hmm. Seems like a yeah, young team. Right, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Roger, you mentioned Grealish. Uh, he's had a week. Oh yeah, the, the least. Oh, we're we're going What's there. Going I mean, how can you not? Oh, he did. Oh, okay. He I went everywhere. What happened? what happened? I missed it. Oh man. Let's just say um, <clears throat> there was a, a a very very racy picture of uh, Jack <laughs> Grealish and the wonderful young lady um, <laughs> in a very suggestive position, and uh, she was holding two melons. Uh, and he was smiling while admiring the the okay i have I have a question because mm -hmm. I've seen only the memes without the original story as usual. Oh, you haven't seen um, the original image okay. no, and from the memes, I am getting a sense that the woman was a black lady. Is that true? Ching 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 yeah. ching ching okay all <laughs> right because all the moves all the all the memes were just like very suggestive of that. I just had no idea what the story was, but it was they were funny, obviously as usual. United fans were joking that well, clearly he he uh, he will fit in with uh, Martial, Rashford, Pogba, Greenwood, yeah. you know, with with our black players, and he's like, hey, bros, I'm one of you. <laughs> For that culture, yeah, it's just like Vardy recently on that on that uh, on that Instagram post, whatever. Yeah, speaking yeah. pigeon English. But, but um, that wasn't that wasn't the only incident though. So there were, this both happened within 24 hours. So there was that. And then there was the fact that he and Ross Barkley went out for some sort of celebratory dinner in London. And the manager, and which they obviously weren't allowed to do because of COVID. And the manager defended them by saying that they were understandably confused because they're allowed to eat together in the, in like at the club. So, you know, they thought they'd be allowed to eat together outside the club. And it's like, <laughs> how well, stupid are they? <laughs> I, I don't know, um, Roche. I think I think with Ryan Giggs scandals and Martial cheating, and you know everyone else in our club getting in trouble, I think Grealish just fits right into the culture of the club. Zaha, <laughs> you got a lot. <laughs> Beckham, Zaha, you guys have a history, so you're good. Also, don't Beautiful. forget during quarantine, or at least parts of quarantine, he got drunk and drove his car around and smashed some cars on the streets. <laughs> yep. He truly is the Gaza of his time. Oh, so necessary. Uh, but to, to Mohamed's point, uh, Villa's next three fixtures, Burnley at home, West Brom away, and Palace at home. So, like, yeah, they could be top. So uh, no, Crystal Palace looked really good. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they held a really good 1-1 one -one draw versus Spurs this week. Yeah, but a 5-1 win in the last match day as well. Yeah, yeah, Zaha was on, was on point that one. This game, as he played, Really well, and he's mm -hmm. just young again, young guy. Very, uh, Bernie, you're claiming him, I think. 
I'm not just claiming him. Like he is Igbo, and he's told everyone to pronounce his name properly, Eze, not Eze. So he clearly wants to play for Nigeria and not England, like you know, Yoruba guys like Bukayo Sako. Then, then why hasn't Saka, he declared? <laughs> what? Why hasn't he declared for Nigeria then? It's a work in progress because of COVID. You know, no, no, it's not a work in progress. Yeah. What it is is like, let me Tough see times. if England are going to call me out. First. Yeah, no, no, and no, then, you know, COVID <laughs> has delayed everyone's plans. It's just let him uh, give him some just, time. He, just, he's just he's not a letter in the mail. Just go, back, go, just go back, sleep in the airport like all the other African stars, and you'll be just fine. He saw Obama Yang in, in, in Gabon on the floor and was like, hey, so Gareth. <laughs> Man, it will be so as it was like, uh, let me let me be a right wing back because I'm, I'm getting into the. Guys, Vicente Guaita. Hmm. So, yes, he was obviously at fault for the Harry Kane goal. The ball did swerve, blah, 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 whatever. Let's call it his mistake, okay? But boy, did he make up for it for the rest of that game. Oh. There were some moments where I was, I already thought the ball is in. Like, Three I just or thought four. That, like, yeah, a lot. Like that one save from the free kick, Deli Ali's, I think, was yeah. unreal. The other one, the, the one that was almost an old, like, I think, I don't remember who it was, but like, no, the, kind of near post and it hit his knee and he stopped. Like, it was phenomenal stuff. The, the header when Aurier uh, smashed it across and Kane was like a yard away from the goal. Yep. It, yep. it was nuts. It was nuts. But but th- this is kind of why I'm not convinced that, that Palace are really that good. Like, Palace did play well, but Spurs let them. So, like, th- th- this game was very strange in that Spurs started the game really well, had all the possession, had all the chances, created a whole bunch of very good chances, and then scored a goal. And then, as the Mourinho side will often do, just dropped off completely. And then Palace picked up the initiative, and then they attacked for, like, the rest of the game, basically, and Spurs just let them. Until they equalized, which was inevitable. And then as soon as that happened, Spurs started attacking again and created another three or four really good opportunities. Right. So, like, the thing with, with, with Palace is that, like, if you just take the initiative and keep attacking them, you'll fucking blow them away. But Spurs just handed them the game back. Well, also, people are talking online about how in, uh, Mourinho's kind of reverting a little bit back to form with Ndombele substitution every game for the past three games at the 65th minute for Lo Celso. And it's starting to become a bit of a pattern now where kind of does he only trust him when they're trying to score a goal and not when they're up 1-0 or whatever. And they've been, you know, he's been subbed every game now in the 65th minute. So one of those where, you know, is it, is it like his Ozil in Madrid? Is, is he going to be this way with Ndombele and not trust him to close out a game? It'll be interesting to see the next few games. I know Ndombele also was injured and yada, yada, yada. But again, this was the team before his injury was the best. I'm, I'm interested to see how that happens. But... Um, again, the Son Kane combination, I think, statistically, the best in Europe this season. So, so let's, let's talk about the be. stats on those guys. They've got 19 goals between them in the Premier League, where Son has 10 and Kane has nine. And I think Kane, Kane has 10 assists, um, or some, something to that effect. I don't know how many Son has, but here's what's interesting Spurs have 24 goals scored, those guys have 19. Like, that's disgusting. And I realized mm-hmm. that the only, like, so that's five goals for the rest of them. And two of them were scored, like, of the rest were scored against United in that 6-1, where Ndombele scored one and Hoiberg scored, not Hoiberg, and uh, Ori scored another. So I'm like, where's the other game that these guys have scored in? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. And, and, and that's why Bergwijn plays on the other side and not like, a, not like a, what's his name, the Argentinian dude or I'm Lucas or whatever, or Bale. The reason Bergwijn plays on the right side is literally no one wants anything from him and he just plays like a right wing back. He just has a lot of 
uh, energy. He's very fast. He goes up and down the field. And they really overload the left-hand side where Son is and let Bergwijn kind of play as, a, as almost like a wing-back on the right side, which is why it is so lopsided. Um, so you really just stop that there or you just have someone track Kane the way... Because Kane just drops into these annoying pockets now where he just makes things happen. And it's insane how good he is at it. All you have to do is just follow him into those pockets. Like the centre-backs, it is useless being in your position thinking that you're doing the good thing. Just follow Kane. Just don't let him receive the ball and turn. And that's what every team has been allowing him to do this season. I, I have two questions based on what you just said. So one, is that not like a Fernandinho type of thing to, you know, be the guy who just kicks Kane in that in that pocket, number one. And number two, um, what happens? I, I think this question is asked every single season, but what happens if you lose Son and or Kane? Like, is that it? Do they have options? Like, is a team capable of playing differently like I, I don't know what do you guys think so i i would say in terms of having someone to to follow kane around yeah i i assume teams are trying to do this like chelsea did it the most successfully and no one else has really been able to do it properly jacko tried to do it and, and failed miserably but that's you know it's that's, that's on him not, not, not yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly um so yeah you would think that someone's going to do that more successfully than they have but um if you, yeah, we saw what happened last season when they lost both of them at the same time. And like any team losing both of their top goal scorers, that's going to be a massive problem. But there's, there's a lot of squad depth. Like I think Lucas Moura is shit, but he's there. And if he played every week, he'd chip in, you know, five to 10 goals. You've got Bergwijn, you've got Bale, who's like in and out of the squad with fitness issues and all that kind of stuff. But you, you can't write him off as like a late season, someone to come in. If, you know, if one of your main players is injured, and you bring in Gareth Bale for the last 10 games of the season, there aren't many better substitutes. So there are options there, and the Celso has barely been, been fit yet this season. Um, so I think I think there are other gears to come, and we've seen the style of play before before the West Ham 3-3. So remember when they blew West Ham away in the fir- that first half? They smashed United. There were a couple of other victories before that that were like big wins against Southampton. And that 3-3 really like did Mourinho's head in. He's locked it up since then. But they are capable of playing another way. We've seen it. It's just whether he lets them do it. Yeah, yeah. Fair sure. Enough. I mean, next next week will be very exciting with Liverpool versus uh, Spurs. I think that's a game everyone's kind of waiting for. That's on Wednesday, um, I think. Yeah, yeah it's on Wednesday. I'm going to pick Liverpool for this game. Uh, sorry, uh, not Liverpool. I'm going to pick Spurs for this game. I think that uh, Liverpool dropping points to Fulham. Obviously, we can talk about that, but but I think um, Spurs are going to pull off an upset over here. It's going to be like a like a two one or a, a three three one. Ooh, mm. I mean Liverpool haven't match. been Liverpool haven't been playing very well. They've you know gotten gotten the points they needed when they needed. But yeah, like even like Rache said, I mean Fulham were kind of buoyed by having the fans back in the stadium, and you can see it made a huge effort in their in their just their energy levels and their commitment to the game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they had this game on lock until crazy penalty that they gave away in the seven and again the penalty like at the end of the day referees sometimes even before free kicks tell players do not jump up with your hands or arms because i will give a penalty like they i remember they just literally tell them straight up and they tell keepers not to step off their lines and as crazy as as crazy and as kind of against your muscle memory and your human nature you know these rules before they happen so Mm -hmm. don't jump up with your elbow in the air just don't do it it's not that hard um, so yeah, Mo Salah got, got his penalty, played not really well. Nobody played well. I mean, yes, they had the ball, they had possession, but Fulham looked really good and they tried to score. Even at even at 1-1, Fulham tried to get back into the game. So 
you know, they had a really good, um, I guess, I, I guess a good way of approaching this game, and it and it paid off at the end with a draw. Yeah, yeah. I I disagree with Rache's assessment only because like if this was at um, the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I would say yeah, I I would go along with this. But this is an Anfield, and it's like what. 80 games or some some ridiculous number of games or I don't know how many years that equates to that they haven't lost in. I don't see them losing that to what's going to be Jose Mourinho being reserved. I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. I see a draw max or, or Liverpool win in, this, in that particular fixture. I think also I think Klopp is going to want to get over this Fulham what would feel like a defeat result very, very quickly. Did you hear what he said about uh, Fulham? What do you said? Fulham are a very good-looking team, just like their manager. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's he's been giving weird interviews, but I have to say again, every time I watch Liverpool and I've been focusing this season on Henderson against Fulham, he was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, just making them tick, going back in defense, grabbing the ball, starting attacks, doing his thing, keeping it going. Like he has been unreal this season for me. So far, he has just been one of the players in the league and I know the goal scorers obviously with the Canes and the Stones but you know forget goal scoring right now Henderson has been one of the top players this season he's been so much fun to watch so not interested (laughs) I like you might be making a lot of sense (laughs) I don't care (laughs) I just I I like to give him his views because last season I didn't see it and a lot of Liverpool fans were like you just you know focus more watch him a bit more you'll see how important because we laughed at them when they're like their season and he was our he's our best player we're like what are you talking about and then it got me kind of just focused a bit more, and they they, they seem to be right. Fair enough. Jiro uh, Jota is out for eight weeks, just to add to Liverpool's misery injury list. He would have he would have come on this game early on and made something happen before that. I'm sure. Probably. Probably, but um, yeah, Allison was back, which made a which made a difference. So a couple of fantastic saves. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Liverpool Spurs on Wednesday. It's going to be a, a big game, but I think I, I kind of agree with Bernie. I think a draw is the best Spurs could get from that, and I think we'll probably see Liverpool go top of the league on Wednesday. Will they stay there for the rest of the season? That's the question. Yeah, but then if it's a draw and Leicester beat Everton, they're top of the table. Leicester. Are top yeah, of the table. but I just, whatever. <laughs> it's true. No, Le- Leicester. Uh, Leicester were fantastic. Was it yesterday? I think smashed Brighton three 0 Body back amongst the goals. Him and Madison. Madison killed it that game. Yeah, actually, this was like Madison. I, I can't remember him scoring goal in years. City five nil. City scored a scored a Howitzer of a goal. When was that? He came he on as a sub. Came on. Scored that one from like curling outside the box or something. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a question. Did James Justin have an assist in this game? Yes. yes. So all the goals had James, Jamie, and uh, what's 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 and Madison's James. first name? James. James. Yeah. Huh, interesting. I mean, I mean, I think um, what's his name? I think James Justin has been phenomenal for the season. I don't know who he is. I don't know where he came from, <laughs> but he is just having a great season for them. He's just been absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then Fuchs, Fuchs is back playing in that back three with uh, Evans and Fofana, and he's just kind of a new, a new kind of breath of, what would you call it? Like of fresh something breath, of fresh life. Fresh. No, no, something of life, like a new lease. Lease, new lease, lease. there you go. 
Um, so yeah, that's I don't know where he got that from, but he's back, man. Like he's playing really well. And you know, that, um, whenever you say that name, it makes me laugh. And I always say, say to myself, I hope he doesn't play, for, doesn't move to Leeds ever. That, <laughs> that, that would be a commentator's nightmare. With all the with all the cocks and the clicks and the <laughs> yeah yeah cocks, clicks and fooks yeah 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 Danny Welbeck is still somehow outplaying like a Z like he is playing quite well man he had a really good chance Michael with an unbelievable save with his with his feet okay but, here's the thing though the commentator at least on the highlights that I was watching said oh the type of chance that Welbeck usually puts away and I was like no no it's no, not no. He scores well, that, one chip over the goalkeeper, and he's prime R nine. <laughs> <laughs> there, there isn't a type of chance that Welbeck usually puts away. It's not a thing. Do you guys? Do you guys see how he runs? It's hilarious. He runs like an old man. It's because of his feet, man. They're they're the biggest feet in the football, like ever. It's just um, he he runs with his whole body crouched, like it's just <laughs> hilarious. And his shorts are so short. It's just all a comedy show when he's running. Uh, Speaking of uh, Bernie having a reaction to uh, to Fuchs's name, I always have a reaction to um, Mohamed. You mentioned Evans and Fafana. Mm-hmm. No, Black Eyed Peas, My Humps. Yeah. When she goes Dolce and Gabbana. <laughs> yeah. That's what I always think when I hear Evans and Fafana. Yeah, but you're you're always thinking about her twenty four seven. So I mean, no. you're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, didn't I have some sort of a revelation like that a couple of weeks ago too about someone's name? I remember who it was. You guys were like, "Wow, I can't believe you always think about that when you think about." Oh yeah, what yeah, was yeah, it? Yeah. It was bonkers. Yeah, it was insane. It was a really, it's a, it's a stretch, <laughs> but I just, it just happened. Yeah. Oh um, man, yeah, Fafana has been telling it, unlike you know his mate Saliba. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Anyway, what else happened? Um, Champions League and Europa League draw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's playing who? We talked about Europa, so we don't have to do... It's Champions League, they didn't do that one, did they? Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow? No, it's out. Barcelona versus Paris Saint-Germain. Oh, wow. We mentioned it at the top. That's Koeman's job gone. (laughs) I mean, it was already... Oh, yeah, Alex did mention it. You're right. These games are trash. All right, t- t- yeah. tell me, tell me the games because I don't, I don't. Leipzig, I don't Liverpool. So that's like Alex said, is going to be just pressing galore. That'll be yeah. fun. Uh, Barca versus Paris. So if if you're ever going to be Barcelona, this is time. But Neymar, didn't he get like his ankle snapped? Wait, Pretty much every three or four weeks. No, no, no. But this is like he's he got like stretchered off. He was in pain. Yeah, yeah, this like, happens I, every I season. Happens every season. Is but, it his sister's birthday? I think it's early this year. Uh, when is when are these games like when are they being played? February and March, yeah. Oh, long time, <laughs> long time. No, see, um, Porto Juventus, what ifs? Um, man, I try and watch Juventus like because the zone has them, they're unwatchable, man. Like, they're just so unwatchable. Like, I can't, like, I don't know anybody in their midfield. They have Quadrado running up and down the field on the right, and like Ronaldo's just standing there, and like Dybala's been injured. It's just so hard but i'm like come on they're the best they're supposedly the best in europe in italy why can't i watch the i've been trying to tell you that syria is trash for a long time and people have been trying to defend this nonsense to me it's absolute nonsense um sevilla play dortmund which aren't they getting a new manager or their manager getting sacked or something dortmund's managers yeah he's out so they, they have an interim for the rest of the season 
Mm. Interesting to see what uh, Haaland does here. This is going to be fun. Uh, Lazio versus Bayern. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> Atletico versus Chelsea. Uh, I mean, Chelsea have been defending well. Um, they have. I mean, like on paper, that's the most interesting tie. Although Atleti usually beat Chelsea. This this comes up a lot. Right. Um, Borussia versus City. This is, you know, just in time for Pep to bottle another Champions League run um, when he's going to tinker and play like, you know, two at the back and seven in midfield and whatever craziness he does before every Champions League knockout tie. And then Atalanta versus Madrid. Madrid just pulled it out the bag, man. They, they like, won that final game that they needed to. And then in the league, they pulled one out and won a big game. Like, they just have these random highs and lows. So what you're saying is Zidane's fourth Champions League is loading. <laughs> that would be insane. I mean, there's, there's no way. But if he does, then that's it. Just close the record books. You know, throw them out. It's over. Yeah, nonsense. Can, can he, I, I mean, quickly... He, yeah. so, sorry, no, Alex, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, given how bad everyone's been, they're, they're like, top two, three, or four favorites, for sure. Like, Wait, who are, uh, who are United playing in this draw? <laughs> you. <laughs> Brady, what were you um, going to say? Can I take it back to Serie A just for a second? So here are the top scores in Serie A. Cristiano Ronaldo on 10. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, 10. Belotti, 8. Herving Lozano on 6. And just because I, I feel we need to say his name, Henrik Mkhitaryan <laughs> next on six. But then what's your problem? No, 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 it's no problem here. Well, one, it just shows you the league of shit. But two, like we're celebrating Mkhitaryan here because on the assist side, Dries Mertens on six and Mkhitaryan on five. <laughs> he is genuinely a, in in a shot for player of the year. <laughs> he's having a great season, man. I hate this league so much. <laughs> so, well, you also have like two 38 year olds at the top of the scoring table. Yeah. And Ronaldo and like <laughs> Ibrahimovic. And, you know, it's. And, and Qualiarella no is still like there with five goals. Like, give me a break. <laughs> oh, man. We didn't even discuss Inter crashing out of the Champions League, which was a oh, lot of fun as and well. And out of Europa. Yeah. Yeah. They're out of everything, <laughs> which is really funny because they put together a squad in the summer of like 50 people. So that they could have enough players to deal with all of this. Yeah, but now they've got one are, game a week. Some of these people are like Ashley Young and Dar- is it Darmian, and so they don't really count. And Christian Eriksen. <laughs> oh my Ashley god, Young he's so like miserable. Christian Eriksen is so miserable. It's coming on with three minutes to go every game, but at least he gets his sub- his appearance. You know, money. They're they're like Arsenal might make a move for Eriksen. I just laughed. Never uh, gonna happen. Uh, he's not so. Brazilian, and he's not old enough. Yeah, and he's not managed by Kia, so we're good. <laughs> Man, in retrospect, like, what a weird marriage. Antonio Conte and Christian Eriksen was not going to be. Yeah, not at all. All righty. Anyways, all right. I think that wraps it up. Yup. Roche, good, right. good to have you back for the Premier League. Glad to be back and see you all on Thursday. <laughs> yes, Thursday well, is the new day. Funny enough, we play midweek against Sheffield United on Thursday. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> good a, practice. <laughs> just, just to make me more miserable and draw that association. <laughs> oh, God. All right, guys. See you all next week. Bye, Ciao. Thank you for downloading.
supporting the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh, and for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.